Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of We Should Have Recorded That with Phil and Adam. Hey Adam. <laughs> I'm so good at my name now that we're however many dozens of episodes in. And yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it's, it, will become, it becomes natural at some point, right? That's, it is hope. for you just to hand it over <laughs> to me. So, um, yeah, doing good. I am. Thank you. How are you? That's that. I'm okay. I'm doing good too. Right. Uh, so let's let's take care of some housekeeping before we get into our episode. If you are enjoying the conversation, and um, it seems like we're a lot of you have enjoyed our past two conversations with mm-hmm. Dr. McGee in Asia. Um, please, we would love to hear from you, and you can reach out to us on Facebook and Instagram by our acronym with Serpwapa and also on YouTube by the title of our podcast. And we, we do really appreciate those who have left voice messages. And you could mm-hmm. also you could also be a part of the podcast through that. That's right. It's like your fifteen minutes of fame awaits. Yeah. You know, or as long as or as long as uh, Anchor will let you record. You know? So <laughs> We might we might edit for like any fifteen yeah. minute comments. <laughs> we probably would. I yeah that, and I'm making more work for myself. So I, I'm I'm not gonna encourage you to send us a fifteen minute message. Please don't. <laughs> um, do you have any comments this week, Adam? I don't. I actually have one, and this was um, left by someone from from my conversation with Doctor McGee. Uh, I was left, uh, he, um, I think her name is Barbara, and she said, um, I enjoyed getting to know Jeffrey better. Thank you. And so that oh, was terrific. Very insightful for her. I think that was one of Dr. McGee's um, friends in Rochester. Um, so, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Excellent. Well, we have had some terrific, oh, I'm sorry, Phil, I'm getting ahead of myself. No, Would I, you like we, to yeah. tell people how to... Like, yeah. subscribe, follow. We've done that. We've did, we did that. I'm, I'm, ready. I'm so excited for this conversation <laughs> that I'm uh-huh. only half paying attention to you, Phil. Because on the other portion of my screen resides the one and only Dr. Francis Fonza Smith. And um, we have had some terrific guests this month, but... Oh, Fran just occupies a very special place in my heart. Let me tell you about her, dear audience. Dr. Frances Fonza Smith is the Director of Worship and Arts at Mount Enon Baptist Church in Clinton, Maryland. She earned a bachelor's degree in music education at the University of Missouri-Columbia and master's and doctoral degrees in music education and choral conducting at the Florida State University Go Knowles! She taught choral music at the middle school and high school levels in Kentucky for several years. More recently, she was the assistant professor of music education and director of choral activities at Wittenberg University in Springfield, Ohio. Her responsibilities included teaching music education courses, oral skills, choral conducting, supervising music education interns, and directing the Wittenberg choirs. Choirs under her direction have participated in state, regional, and national music festivals, she is an active singer, oh, and what a great singer she is, clinician, and oh, what a great clinician she is, and adjudicator. I've never seen Fran adjudicate, but I am confident she is first rate. 
A frequent guest conductor, she has conducted several honor public school and church choirs. Her research interests are community partnerships, healthy singing in gospel music, and tone-building strategies used in the choral classroom. She holds professional memberships in the National Association for Music Education, the College Music Society, and the American Choral Directors Association. Fran, welcome to our little podcast. Well, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. We are thrilled to have you. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fran, I, would you... Um, would you just begin by, you know, giving us a snapshot of your musical journey that wasn't captured from your bio? I mean, pre-college, pre-degrees, what were Francis Fonza's musical outlets and passions? Okay, great. So I started off young in music. My father was a band director. His mother was a piano teacher. So I started out with piano with my grandmother and then did uh, saxophone with my dad and played Mm -hmm. in band. Sixth grade, I started the cello and played in the orchestra and I joined choir. Um, I was in choir all through that time. And then in the church, I was um, singing in the church at a young age. And then I also started playing at church, the piano and directing the choir. I started directing the choir at age 13 and playing for the choir. And so I had my mom and my dad and all of their friends that were in the choir. And here's itty bitty 13 year old (laughs) Fran trying to instruct and get a nice choir sound out um, based on what I had learned in my choir classes. Um, mm-hmm. So along the way that, that really shaped where um, I am today, you know, like just getting my foot in that door um, and getting a chance to teach then. And then um, as I continued to play and teach, I started accompanying people um, for contest when I was in high school and started teaching uh, cello mm-hmm. and started teaching saxophone and piano um, then, uh, then it's time for college. I was teaching still private lessons and, uh, started teaching voice too. And so that's, yeah, it's just been a part of my life forever. Yeah. You, you wouldn't be who you are without music, right, Fran? Right. right. Yeah. Oh, that's such a gift. Um, now how, as such a multifaceted musician. And I speak from firsthand experience. Fran was one year ahead of me in the doctoral program at FSU. And I mean, I just, the ground she walked upon sparkled. She's just, her singing, her piano playing, her conducting, her teaching. Fran, you really are such a multifaceted musician. How did you ever choose the specializations that you have right you know i i often wonder like how did i go in the direction of choral music um as opposed to being that band director that i thought i was going to be i thought i was going to be like my dad and a band director um but from somehow i just fell in love with choral music I fell in love with the voices coming together to create these chords and these sounds. 
and fell in love with hearing it, teaching it and hearing it come back to me, hearing all the different things that you could do with the voice to change mm. the sound um, inside the mouth, inside the throat, things that you can do so that what they, when they make that change, you're hearing it right then. And it, it's just a beautiful thing. So I think that's how I wanted to focus on choral music and whatever kind of choral music. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how it started. Um, have you, um, Phil, you know, Fran and I, we're having like reunion time here, but so you've got to, you've got to be very intentional about jumping in and I asking will. your own questions. <laughs> but I uh, Fran, um, tell me just a, just a little bit, um, or tell our audience, cause I think I know a little bit of this story, but of this journey for you, but um, a, a sizable portion of your life has been conducting gospel choirs. Is that right? And, That's right. And just, could you, what is it that makes gospel music so unique and powerful? Oh gosh, there's so many things uh, mm -hmm. that I would say, but uh, what makes it so powerful is first the message. The message mm -hmm. that it's giving to the people in whatever style that there is, that message rings true. Mm -hmm. So, you know, gospel, gospel stands for good news. You're getting that message to the people, whatever style. So even if it's just solo voice, if it's the chorus tet singing, um, if it's a choir, um, a duet, it's getting that message of the good news. And then I think that seeing how over time, the the changes in the sound that have um, mimicked what is going on in music mm -hmm. today and along the way to see how gospel has imitated those sounds and still been able to capture people's interest and um, speak to people and minister to people through all of those different ways. So, um, you know, way back when it first started, you know, you you're having that piano and then bass and drums mm -hmm, yeah. that are out, mostly piano and that percussive sound of the piano. And then you start adding all of these instruments, you know, tambourines and things like that. And then now it's like you, sometimes you can't even tell if it's gospel music because it has that hip hop feel or the mm -hmm. R and B sound, but it's still that same message. It's still a great message. So that's what's, so exciting about it for me um, and being able to take all of those different um, styles. I want to be able to share that with the different groups that I work with. Yeah, yeah. Fran, we've had several, um, several listeners this month uh, as we've talked about African-American music, um, ask us for recommendations of artists that they can listen to. Who are some of your favorites? Some of my favorites, um, Jonathan McReynolds, J.J. Hairston, um, I would say John P. Key. Goodness. Oh, there are this. so many, right? <laughs> right. There yeah. are a ton. There are a ton. If you're looking for like old school, you're, you have your um, Richard Smallwood, you know, mm -hmm. he, he's mm -hmm. huge. Um, 
and has incorporated different styles in his gospel music. Goodness, um, Ricky Dillard for the choir sounds. Mm. The, these are just huge, huge uh, names in gospel music. And they're some of my favorites. I, one of the things that I think, um, as a kind of coming from it from a classical standpoint, um, learning um, what as we do in school, you can uh, kind of appreciate all the different, excuse me, the different um, genres you're talking about within gospel music. Um, how do you help, um, you know, your uh, members or whoever you're teaching to appreciate like the different flavors of, you know, the, the good news that comes out of the black church? I think you just give it to them. And um, so I'm unapologetic about <laughs> yes. making sure that they uh, have exposure to all of the styles. We are doing what we are capable of doing, uh, but we're, we're doing the spirituals, which are, you know, uh, came before gospel music. We're going to mm -hmm. be doing that. We do traditional gospel and then we are doing the co contemporary and it's not easy, but I do expose them to all of those. Now, one group may not be able to do all of those styles. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. at the church that I minister, we have several different groups. We have a young adult choir, then we have, you know, a senior choir. And so um, they're able to do the style that fits them best. And so th we're exposing them to all of the styles through different groups and mm -hmm. the congregation as well. Right. right. So they, so they, so they, so may, they not may not particularly, particularly perform, perform that music, that but they are, they are part of the experience. Right. Now, I do. Um, I direct the mass choir at the church. And mm -hmm. so I do have them sing most of the styles within that mass choir just mm -hmm. because that's everybody coming together. That's supposed right, to right. be all of your choirs coming together. And so I can have that liberty to do all the styles with those groups because you have representation mm. from all of the choirs. So that's what we're able to do because it's, it's that combined choir coming together. Cool. I want to ask you two questions and maybe you can decide how you want to answer them. I mean, my one question, is, the first question, or maybe the second question is, um, do you have a favorite? And But also... Um, maybe if we can kind of describe, um, how the, the continuation, I mean, that's like, that's a whole like week, month long, year long conversation <laughs> and a lifetime of trying to understand, but like maybe in a bite size, um, you know, how do we go from the early to, you know, to where we are now and what do you have a favorite style? Do I have a favorite style? Okay, so I'm I'm really enjoying the contemporary music mm -hmm. right now. And it's just because of what these musicians are doing. Mm -hmm. They are incorporating um, synthesizers and these uh, the drum tracks. And um, they are the and by musicians in the this style, this uh, tradition musicians are the instrumentalists <laughs> now we all know that singers are musicians as, as well that i'm gonna take that quotes down <laughs> singers are we are in the in this tradition they typically are referring to musicians as the instrumentalist yes even though we are all musicians. well fran i mean 
your dad was a band director, you were probably indoctrinated with this <laughs> singers <laughs> aren't musicians thing from young. No. So, <laughs> yes. So, um, the instrumentalists are, they're creating some of the, um, these amazing sounds and just playing and ad-libbing and are not stuck to any kind of script or score mm. and are just using their ears and creativity to accompany the music. But really, a lot of times we're singing a regular hymn mm. and they're underneath, under not underneath because it's all in partnership, but mm -hmm. when, when we bring it together, you're like, oh my goodness, this is a hymn, but wow. So I think it's the contemporary sounds, the, the different chords, and because you're, you're, you're utilizing everything around you. They're utilizing jazz and the hip hop and all of the sounds that you can think of. They're bringing it all together for these uh, contemporary sounds in gospel music, but borrowing from the past, mm -hmm. which is great. And so um, that would be my favorite at this time. And then your question regarding the just say that one more time. The progression, right? Yes, the progression. progression. The progression for those who don't know. Okay, so as far as like um, starting out with spirituals. Start with spirituals. Right. right. Yeah. So you're, you're having your spirituals, which were, were started by the African slaves. Okay, so they, they sang these spirituals and you have your um, field hollers. These are what they were working in the fields and, and singing these songs. And um, there's all, there's different types of spirituals and, and um, but they were sung by the African slaves. And then as time went on, the um, s s people, the Africans, Africans and the Americans, the black, black um, people at this time, they started going to colleges and they were going to the black colleges and they started different choirs. There were choirs. And so then they started to concertize the spirituals mm. and so they were singing the spirituals but with the four-part harmony and that's mm -hmm. where you hear about the fisk jubilee singers and things right. like that yes. the groups like mm -hmm. that okay so then the the spirituals eventually um turned into gospel music in in the way that uh you started having instruments added you mm -hmm. having the the piano um, you're, and they're borrowing from different styles of music that were popular, like the blues. And so you start having flattened thirds, flattened sevens that you're incorporating here. And you, so you're incorporating that with the, the spiritual text, um, and the Psalms and things that they were learning from the, um, white slave masters. And you're bringing that all together. And this is how you're getting the gospel music to come about. And so then you, you have your traditional gospel gospel music. And like I said, as you continue to go through time, you're adding um, the sounds of um, rhythm and blues mm -hmm. and um, hip, -hop. hip hop and even classical. I mean, and that's mm -hmm. what is so exciting about what Richard Smallwood has done, because right, he's right. taken that classical sound and and incorporated that into the gospel music. And so you you have everything now. So that's, you know, a, Right. very broad um look at it but yeah um that that would be the progression in a snapshot 
Yeah. I think that was a great snapshot. Thank you. <laughs> I want to read your book, Fran. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have to write it first. Yes, I will. Yes. <laughs> well, maybe this will be an impetus for that. Maybe this conversation will be an impetus for that book. <laughs> Thank you. One of the things that we've been kind of dealing with, and I, we shared this on our last podcast, but um, just authenticity and, and by what you're saying, you know, just how you growing up in the church with your parents and at the age of 13, starting mm-hmm. to direct, like the got music, as we said, was just a part of your life. But like how integral um, is being uh, doing church music? And the black black church music, how integral in, is that to your life and to what you even do now? Right. Um, I would just have to say that it's it's huge. You know, I mm-hmm. see that um, what I learned at that young age has taught me and brought me so mm-hmm. far. Mm-hmm. Um, just in if I want to speak about being an educator, you know, in those first years as a 13 year old when they messed up I was like that is not right that mm-mm, no you know and the faces and the you know and I had to learn that you can't do that to people you can't say that you know I had right. to learn you know so as an educator it taught me oh and I also learned because my dad was in the choir as well and mm-hmm. he was an educator he was like you have to give more positive feedback you know mm-hmm. you're just saying mm-hmm. bad things and so mm-hmm. I, I, I still remember him saying that to me and I still think about that as I'm teaching every single time, um, Mm. even today. So, you know, as an educator, it taught me so much. As far as my own walk uh, with God or, you know, my spirituality, that has been huge. You know, like I'm, I'm thinking back to even the 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 songs that I was teaching back then that I barely knew what we were probably singing about Mm -hmm. barely knew but when I think back to what I was teaching and I was like wow you know I surrender all you know like I'm teaching it but do Mm -hmm. I really am I'm living it now you know you're living (laughs) those things that (laughs) you you had to teach um so as far as the education and then the spirituality and then um you know, just as a musician, um, being a singer, being um, a performer, even though we, we don't call it performing mm-hmm. in, in ministry, mm-hmm. um, being a musician, it has trained my ear in a way um, because we, in this tradition, typically don't write down the music. You're teaching right, right. it by rote. Because most of your singers do not read music in this tradition. And, and it's changing. So this is general. But for the most part, what I, when I was teaching, people didn't know how to read music. Um, they were able to follow a hymn, but really didn't know what the notes meant. Mm-hmm. And so teaching by rote, you have to know all three parts <laughs> and sing them back. You know, um, and you have to know what the band is supposed to do. And so that, I mean, that totally prepared me for, you know, eight part singing right. in, yes. in this fine art choral music. So it's trained my ear. And, and it, I have to say some of the best musicians I've ever worked with are the ones I'm currently working with who don't read a lick of music. Hmm. They can't read a note. Hmm. 
but they their ears are incredible and better than mine. I mean, like their theory is out of this world, but they mm -hmm. may not be able to say the things that we learned in our theory classes, right. but they mm -hmm. are using it all the time. Yes. And mm -hmm. are, like they are on it and they say it in different ways. They know their right, theory, right. but they're just mm -hmm. not in the same way that we were, you know, writing down secondary mm -hmm. dominance and blah, 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 you know, mm -hmm. but, um, mm -hmm. you know, they are incredible. Um, mm -hmm. And so, I'm trying to get to their level earwise, but I do know that along the way, this has been helpful in my ear training. And that's how, you know, I feel like that's helped me with teaching oral skills, mm -hmm. you know, and um, prepared me to, to hear better. And um, so I'm trying to get better with my own musicianship, but that, that was the start. Aren't we all? Yeah. Fran, you just touched on so many things. You touched on how... Um, your experiences with gospel music have made you a better teacher, how they've influenced your walk as a Christian. Um, you, you know, you even, you talked about how um, it has given you a unique perspective on, you know, what we learn in music school, you know, like as, as classical musicians. Um, so somewhat related to that is, has there ever been a moment, whether it is, as a teacher or whether it's as a believer or whether it's as, you know, someone who has been trained in one way, is doing things in a different way. Have you ever felt forced to be inauthentic? Mm. I think that um, forced to be inauthentic. I, I think early on when I was trying to find my way vocally mm. that um, I was told you or have heard people even say use your pretty voice mm. which uh. is supposed to be your singing voice mm. um, and in our tradition in the black church we are using sounds that are typically known as the chest voice mm -hmm. and are not necessarily learning about a mix or anything like it just needs to be loud for real. I mean, like, <laughs> just needs to be loud, you know? and so I think that I've heard people say that to kids mm. and I, when I was trying to find my way, it was said to me at some point, you know, use your pretty voice and there's got to be a different way that we mm, say that, you know, yes. so that we understand. We have to be understanding that this is the tradition that this child is going to church every Sunday and, and singing in this way. And it's not wrong. It's just different. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully most of the misguided teachers who would say, use your pretty voice are simply misguided and not, you know, right. not willfully ignorant, just ignorant, not willfully ignorant. And so what can, what can we who strive to be better informed say to those people? I think we just, to say, what would we say to them is, we, we have to, understand that there are different ways that people do music mm -hmm. 
not music doesn't look the same. You know, we, we take a score and we all interpret it in a different way. Even mm -hmm. when we're teaching Mozart or Beethoven, you know, it's, it's not going to be the exact same way between the three of us as if we conducted it. Mm -hmm. And the same is true for singing. You know, if we are with this group of students of this tradition or this culture, their sound is going to be different. And we have to be more informed. We have to learn about these different sounds. And if there is a sound that you want that's particular to the group that you're working with, then you have to find the appropriate language to share what you're looking for, the appropriate model mm -hmm. to display for those students and not condemn the sounds that are coming out of their you know, mouths. Let's not yes. condemn it, but let's right. teach them what we want. And, and what you're doing is wonderful here, but for this sound, let's try, for this song, let's try this sound. Mm -hmm. yeah oh i love that um fran we uh well i'm <laughs> we get real on this on this show and so i don't want you to be afraid to be real if anything you say after the th after the fact you say uh guys can you take that out Phil is an excellent audio editor. <laughs> but I am, uh, you know, something that I know better now than I knew when you and I were classmates was my privilege. When I, you know, as a white dude, walk into you know, a classical music setting, no one, no one is going to assume that I don't belong there. Have you ever faced opposition because you're not a white dude? Yes. Yes. Would and you mind telling us about it? I would have to think of a particular instance, but it is, um, I think there are many times that I show up to lead or conduct, teach that there's a surprise on faces mm. as I walk in. And, and now you kind of get, um, people are prepped because we have their, the fancy photos on the posters and things like that, you know, um, but there have been times definitely that I've shown up to do an honor choir. Um, oh, okay. Finally, something's coming to me. I think many times when I've done an honor choir and I'm walking through the crowd of parents and mm -hmm. just regular people, they don't realize that I'm the conductor and it's, not until after I have led their students wow. that there is acknowledgement yes. or, or um, it, as I'm walking through and getting to my position before we've done anything, I feel as if there are times when the look is something of, well, who is this? Mm -hmm. And where is she going? Why is she sitting up there in front? Mm. Um, and then afterward the acknowledgement yes. comes which is great 
right. there have been times I am very cautious. I'm very cautious in those instances. You know, I, I definitely am cautious and, and not, I, I'm confident when I walk in, but at the same time, it makes you a little nervous mm. because mm-hmm. you don't know how you'll be received in certain areas, certain yeah. places, you know? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just, you know, I, I am, anyone who spends 15 seconds in your presence knows that they are in the presence of greatness. And so, you know, it just, for anyone to, to think, even for a moment, that you don't belong on stage, well, I you prove them wrong after about 15 seconds, so. <laughs> I think, too, um, there were times even when we were in school that there were people that would say, oh, you're so good at gospel music. Mm. Like, that's the only thing I can do, you know. Mm. And that was also something that kind of hit at times. And I know what people were trying to say, but at the same time, I sometimes it took me aback like am i not doing the mozart well mm-hmm. oh. or maybe they didn't expect you to be good at gospel music because you did the mozart well <laughs> <laughs> no and that's something to think about yeah. mm. but one of if i can um i don't want to take us too far in a different direction but what it what what you what this all makes me think about is uh, representation, the importance of representation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And being being able to see yourself in that place, right? Being able to see yourself, your name on that on the that door for director of choral activities, being able to you know see yourself as um, leading not just you know the little church choir, but an a full orchestra and a hundred mm-hmm. person choir in Carnegie Hall. Be, like, can can you talk about that? I mean, and I and I and I know you had that in your parents, but like, what was that? What was that like in your mind going through um, school and stuff like that? Being able to see representation. I didn't realize the significance of that until recently. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I wanted to, I think that's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, I didn't realize it until I had done a couple of honor choirs. And then I had emails from mm-hmm. African-American students and other young females that were finding my email address from somewhere <laughs> and emailing me to say, it was so wonderful to see you yes. leading us. Wow. And I was like, whoa. And um, if I'm honest, I, I mean, those of us that have done the honor choirs in all states, like it's nerve wracking. Like it, it's <laughs> like, Adam, are, are you nervous out of your mind too? Oh, yes. I dread it until the very, until rehearsals actually begin. I yeah. like wish there was a way to just like teleport onto the podium and start. <laughs> It's like you're so nervous leading up to it. And like, 
I'm like, I need to study these scores. I need to study the score. And I stopped procrastinating because I'm so like nervous. But then I was like, Fran, you have got to get over this mm. because mm. these people need to see you. These little girls need to see you. There is much bigger than me. It's bigger than my nerves. Mm. And I have to get out here and let, you know, and lead this music. This music is important and the message is important. And them, the representation is very important. And I try to avoid that, I guess. I don't know the right term right now, but it is so important yeah. for little girls and people of color and everyone to, to see people that look different than them, perhaps. Right. Leading them. Fran, can you, uh, again, just changing gears a little bit and thank you so much for that i need to be selfish for a moment while we have you i love spirituals i love programming spirituals i love performing spirituals with my choir i love teaching spirituals i love the challenges the pedagogical challenges that are there that are not present in most other musics. Am I able to do spirituals authentically? You are definitely able to perform spirituals. I think that by listening to other groups that perform them and learning about the music just like you would any other type of music is going to help you to have the best performance of that selection that you can. Just like we learn about all of these other types of music, mm -hmm. the same has mm -hmm. to be done with a spiritual. Yeah. And I think that are, there are many people that want just a nice closer for their concert. It's mm -hmm. going to be upbeat. And, you know, perhaps if they choose that and the like, they don't put the same emphasis into the score study and learning it that they would other music. Yeah, right. And that makes it possibly more, if you want to talk about inauthenticity, yeah. inauthenticity. Um, if you, if you want it to be authentic, if you want it to be a great performance of that type of music, then you're going to have to do the study no matter what type of music it is. Yes. And a lot of times for spirituals, for gospel for people you're going to have to listen you, you just you're gonna to have to listen to it and, yes. and um, thinking back to your question about have have you ever had to be inauthentic I think in the spiritual this this I am um, this here in programming music I was nervous to do to program spirituals or gospel sometimes because I felt like people were saying were judging that Mm. Wow. And so I was like, just because, you know, I'm African-American, you know, do we have to do this? <clears throat> well, you know what? This is something that I know very well. So, yeah, I'm going to program it and I shouldn't feel ashamed to do that. Oh, no. It's, Sorry to get off topic there. Do, you know, don't apologize. No, I mean, yeah, first of all, yeah. that's not really off topic. But even right, if it were, right. you are... This this is we're we're oh I just love this Fran <laughs> yeah. I miss you <laughs> miss you yes <laughs> that I mean I as you know as a um, 
black as an african-american singer grown coming up in school i i felt that tension myself um you know i i shared you know early on that finding um my teacher giving me ht burley was like the best thing you know for me um you know and because i because i'm like i don't i i've never been to italy i don't know why, why my secret <laughs> but but then but then again i i had to like okay i just don't i don't only want to be thought of as the guy that sings spirituals um and man and so like coming back to it and saying this is my this is my heritage this is this 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 is my birthright I'm going to sing them. I'm going to sing more than just them, but I'm going to sing them right. um, and not be worried about and not be worried about it. So, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know, Adam, if you have another question or if you have some thoughts, if you just want to say something, or, um, articulate something else based on what we've been saying. No, no. I, I mean, I have, I want to go back to, we've been um, kind of talking about the spirituals, but, you know, we are more so like what's mainly popular now is gospel music. And, uh, and can we kind of talk about um, how do you, um, how do you choose good gospel music? Okay. <clears throat> so first I'm thinking about the group and what they're able to do. And I'm also thinking about, um, so as a vocalist and music educator, I'm thinking about what they can do well and vocally healthy in a healthy mm -hmm. way. Uh, that's very important because there are a lot of songs out there that are being ministered that are a struggle, can be a struggle for singers to do mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in a healthy way, I should say. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm always thinking about the health of the singers. Uh, I'm thinking about the range, you know, how high and how low is, is it going? Mostly you've got to think about how high is it going in gospel music because we tend to modulate several times yeah. as the spirit moves. And mm -hmm. so you got to be careful about how high you're going. Um, I'm thinking about all the nuances that are in the selection. Um, is it a lot of vibrato um, and I call it manufactured vibrato at times because you're adding it mm -hmm. as a color to the sound. And so I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking a lot of songs now are have leaders that have a soloist that are leading and adding lib. So I'm thinking about that. Okay, can do I have a singer that can lead this selection and really do it justice? <laughs> so I'm thinking about that as well and all of the nuances with that. And can the band play it? Now, the band that I currently work with, they can play anything, anything, <laughs> hands down. They listen to it for 15 minutes and they've got it. It's ridiculous. I don't I don't understand it. Like, it's <laughs> it's, they really are amazing. So um, they can do anything. Um, so that's how I'm choosing music. I'm, I'm thinking about um, the text, too. You've got to think about... Uh, is this uh, going along with what the preacher is going to preach about? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> is the message something that is agreeable with the doctrine of the church? Because there's some songs, I'm trying to think of something 
there's some songs that people, some certain churches don't sing because they don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. And so you have to make sure that it, it agrees with what the, the doctrine of the church is. So that's how I'm picking music. I'm trying to think to, um, yeah, the, the season. Um, but yeah. Okay, Fran. So once you've chosen music that students can, or student singers can mm-hmm. sing healthily. Yeah. How do you get them to sing healthily? (laughs) Okay. Yes. So I'm starting out with the same kind of warm-ups I'm doing for any other choir. Uh I warm Mm -hmm. up the group. First of all, a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of church choirs are not getting a Mm warm-up. And I do the same warm-ups because I'm about building tone. And you got to think, these singers in a church are typically coming once a week. And they're not singing probably much else other than with the radio. So you've got to do a warm up like you're their teacher, you're their vocal teacher. So yes. you've got to get them ready um, for their singing. So I'm doing those same warm ups that I would do. And then I teach by rote for the most part. And I also give them sheet music eventually. And I'm teaching them music literacy at the same time. I'm like, point to this note here, okay. So as the note goes up, your voice goes up. And if the note goes down, your voice goes down. And so I teach them how to read the music. And then I'm also <laughs> teaching by rote, so that rote <laughs> learning. And um, I start with small sections. Sometimes I start from the beginning. Sometimes I start from the hardest part of the piece. It just depends on the song. And I'm, I'm starting with the sopranos typically. And then I go to the altos and do a small section and then the tenors, and then I bring them together. If I have basses, then I will teach them an alto part, but make sure that they finish the cadence, like they, mm-hmm. that they'll, you know, go to five, one or whatever it is. So um, that's what I typically do. It's small sections, probably mm, eight measures and, or a phrase because they usually like, if they don't use sheet music, then they're using a lyric sheet. Mm-hmm. And so I go, teach phrase by phrase, yeah. you know, line, line by line. By line. Yep. Yeah. And then we bring those together and then we bring the, the bigger uh, phrases together. So that's how I'm teaching. There's one part I'm forgetting, but I'll, I'll remember it eventually. <laughs> the pandemic does that to us. <laughs> Wait, do I know how to direct a choir anymore? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Oh. One of the, one of the things I wanted to circle back to, that you mentioned earlier is that um, the, um, voice quality can in, can be a preference. Um, I think if I'm kind of paraphrasing that correctly, <clears throat> um, like how do you deal, like, or how have you dealt with um, saying, you know what, I want Susie for this solo, but all you know, all soloists were great, you know, but we just I, I need her voice for the solo. How how do you and your thoughts on that? Encourage, yeah. encourage us. Yeah, we need to pray. But um, <laughs> this is hard for any group. Uh-huh. It's just hard for mm. any group. I tend to say, you know, every, man, these soloists were great. Thank you so much. But here's the thing. I only audition them privately. Mm. I do not audition them in front of people because I don't want people getting hyped up and they think that they know what they want, but I have a certain sound in my head, what I would like to hear for this solo. So I audition them privately. So there's not any kind of embarrassment. You know, Mm -hmm. if they knew somebody was trying out for it, then cool. But 
I'm doing that privately. And then I usually tell the person privately okay. that, that mm-hmm. this is what you're getting. Um, and I will say to a person that I know it might be sensitive, you know, I'm, this is not the, the right song for you, but I know there is a right song for you, the, the solo. I know there is a solo for you and we're going to keep looking for that. Um, that's typically the direction I go because now if they're really struggling, that's tougher. Mm. I mean, it's just, you might have to just kind of be real and mm. say, you know, that's not going to work out this time. It, your voice is not a fit for this song. It's hard. Mm. Maybe I have some suggestions for me. No, you're so... I just... one. I have several Fran memories that will that I will hold on to forever. But one of them was you were conducting the Britain Jubilate Deo. Do you remember that piece? It was with Choral Union at FSU. And you were conducting, and you stopped the group. I mean, it was a, you know, it was early in the rehearsal process. You whipped us into shape quickly, but early in the rehearsal process, there was some just utter train wreck. And you took a beat, and you said, and I was sure that what was going to come out of your mouth was profanity about how bad we were. But instead, what came out was, well, friends, let's try that again. <laughs> you just, you were always the, uh, the model of tact and personability and making everyone feel like even if they weren't successful that time, they could be the next. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Fran, we're getting to that point in our conversation where if there's anything that we haven't asked you about, but you just want to release into the world, we would love to hear what's on your mind. I just love music. Mm. And I love sharing music, teaching music. Um, gospel music does have a special place in my heart because it, it is where I started teaching. And so it combines two of my faves, three of my faves, God, mm. music, and teaching. So yes. gospel music is, um, is amazing to me. Um, I'm, I'm always striving to find ways to share that with other people. Um, I I would love for everybody to have experiences with gospel music because it's special. And um, I don't think people should run from it. I don't think people should be scared of it. And even if you don't think you're that great at it, you should still try it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, call on people, people that are nervous about doing it, Call on people that do know how to do it and don't be afraid to ask for help. Because, like I said, I want to share with anybody. So if you want me to come and help you with it, Hmm. I'll do it. Yeah. And work magic in the process. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fran, we end every episode with two recurring segments. Don't feel like you have to play along, but we would love it if you did. Uh, the first is we just talk about a current event that is on our 
radar this week. Um, and then the second is what did you learn? Where we talk about what we learned from each other during the episode. So are you game? I will try. You, you, Fran, you've never just tried. You've always <laughs> succeeded. <laughs> Phil, what's your current event for the week? So I, you know, I'm going to take a cue from you and I'm going to give a recommendation. Okay. Um, the PBS, I don't know if you all, I mean, have seen the PBS special on the black church, right? By, um, I want to make sure I say it's, um, yes, Henry Louis Gates, Dr. Henry Louis Gates. Mm-hmm. I watched it and um, I, I think it is, If yeah, it's great. So you should watch if you are interested. They really kind of uh, kind of go in greater detail on some of the things we talked about tonight. The progression of music in the church, and uh, so yeah, I want to make that suggestion. Yeah, our number one fan, Michelle Savaggio, asked, told me about that very documentary really? in church Great. on Sunday. Yep. Great. Yeah, Fran, what any current events that are uh, striking you this week? Uh, I would have to say, I, I, it's not along the lines of something to watch. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. We just, we just have our, our, sometimes when we get too, uh, depressed by the news, instead we will offer a recommendation, but usually we talk about the news. Yes, (laughs) usually we do. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, unfortunately, my, what is on my mind are the, the people that are still struggling with the Texas um, mm-hmm. power outages and, and water shortages and, and the things like pipes bursting and things. Unfortunately, that is the first thing that's coming to my mind that people are struggling as far as um, even food still and yes. um, having to go through to different warming centers and things like that. So. That is on my mind as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. That is my current event this week is also related to that, but it is just, I just cannot believe that one of the senators from the state of Texas would hop on a plane while the state is in a disaster and decide to go on vacation. I just... Oh, oh, these are the people running the country. Oh, my word. I just can't believe it. So, Ted Cruz, I hope you enjoyed your 40 minutes in Cancun. <laughs> yeah, he, did, he didn't even really feel the act, from what I understand. He, was, he didn't leave the act first. Oh, I mean, you know people are mad at you when, like, everyone on the plane and in the airport has taken a picture of you. (laughs) You know, I just, oh, oh, I shouldn't make light of it, but at least there was something, you know, and, 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 all right, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Phil, what did you, then we learned so much this week, right? Yes, we learned so much. What is I, going to stick with you? I think the thing I I kind of like it's a paraphrase of like what I was hearing, 
but the the phrase we think i'm thankful for those or i hear this from you dr smith thankful for those who have brought and taught me you know as mm. the, i think they would say it like that in the church right we, mm. and uh like i hear that in your story like those that were, were there to to guide you so thankful yes and i will say um Fran, what you said at the very end about your um, love of gospel music. Now, you know, I, I, um, that is not as much a part of my, you know, soul as it is yours. But sacred music does for me exactly what you described. It combines for me my love for God with my love of music, with my love of teaching it to others um, and what a gift that is. Uh, any of us who can experience where those three rivers meet, um, we are truly blessed. Mm. Fran, did you learn anything this week? Yes. I think, I think just what you just said, like I didn't even think of it until I was saying it, that all of these things are combining. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where that love is and that passion for it is, is the three loves of your life. And Yes, and there's dark. power in that. I mean, yeah. any one of them is powerful, right? Yeah. But then combine them all. Uh, yes. We are truly blessed. Yes. Mm. Phil, anything else for the good of the order? No, except to say thank you, Dr. Yes. Smith. And hopefully we can have you on again. Cool. Thank yeah. you. Fran, you're a rock star. You're even more of a rock star now than you than ever. <laughs> so just mm, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. All right. Well, dear audience, I will say bye for now. Adios. <laughs>